Bonjour. Euh, comment ça va? Oui. Euh, Aujourd'hui, je, je voudrais parler en français. I just wanted to shock Pastor that I could. But I'm going to have mercy on you and, and speak English. Shall we pray? Acts 20. Let's pray and ask God to open up our hearts to receive his word. The fountain of truth is flowing everywhere. Whosoever drink shall never ever thirst again. The fountain of grace is flowing everywhere. Whosoever drink shall never ever thirst again. The fountain of mercy is flowing everywhere. Whosoever drink shall never ever thirst again. The fountain who is Jesus is flowing everywhere. Whosoever drink shall never ever thirst again. The fountain of life is flowing everywhere. Whosoever drink shall never ever thirst again fountain of life this morning flow as we come to your word flow may we drink deeply of this well this well of grace and of mercy this world that never runs dry. Fountain of life, Christ Jesus. Be exalted. Draw us to yourself. As we open up your word, please open up our hearts. In your name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. We thank God for the baby dedication. As Amora was being dedicated, I'm asking myself, so in 20 years from now, 30 years from now, what kind of church will Redeemer be? Will Redeemer be the kind of church that Tina and Claude will be happy that their daughter is in? Would it be the kind of church that you'd be happy to encourage your children to come? Look at the children we had here. So many. 10, 30, 60 years from now. What kind of church would we have? The kind of church we will have will be determined by the kind of leaders we have. 
So in Acts 20, Paul is going around encouraging churches he's helped to plant. Some he, plant, some he planted himself, some he just knows about. He's going around encouraging them. Um, our passage today from verse 17 is the most extensive of those addresses he gave. So you see that verse 17, he sent to Ephesus for the leaders. So primarily to the leaders, he calls them. And in verse 25, see what it says. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. So this final words, they would never see Paul again. So Paul is calling the leaders, telling them what they should do for this ministry, for the churches that have been planted to continue to do gospel ministry, authentic gospel ministry where they have been planted. So what kind of church will Redeemer be also will be determined by the kind of leaders we would have. So the title of our message this morning is The Leaders We Need. Now, for some of us, we are not leaders. But this message is for you. Remember, we are thinking about the future. So in 20 years, as if God wills and God grows us and we are, say, a thousand people, who do you think will be the leaders? Are we going to import them from China like we do our eyes? No. From amongst us. We are the people who are going to be the leaders. So the message is for all of us. You are a leader now, you, or you'll be a leader tomorrow. Remember, as a church, we said we want to be... Um, a church where an every member ministry church deep into discipleship you would be playing a leadership role discipling other younger guys younger ladies other moms other people the message is for all of us so the leaders we need our passage we are going to just draw two things the leaders we need one should be on guard and two should be on their knees, on guard, and on their knees. The first point, on guard. Look at verse 29. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and look at what they will do they will not spare the flock. So point one, be on guard against savage wolves. They come in and they will not spare the flock. The message says, vicious wolves are going to show up and rip into the flock. They come in, and by their actions, what is going to happen is that they are going to destroy the flock. How? I think we've all been in church long enough to know how. Savage Jews, they'll come in, 
and they'll begin to gossip about people. So if they've had an issue with you, all that you have told them, they go to the next person who is also in their church. They say, do you know something? Do you know what he has been saying about you? Very much aware that once you say that, the relationship between the two of them would be what? Severed. But for savage rules, they don't care. Remember what they, are, they come to do. They will not spare the flock. So by gossip, they will destroy relationships in their church. And very soon, if you are in a church where people are talking about you, please, what will you do? You'll find another place. When people are talking about your children in some way, do you know what this woman said about your child? You see your child's head. Do you know what he's been saying? Because I have a problem with her, all the things she said, as a savage wolf, I don't mind. I'll spill it out and dis- destroys relationships in the church. Savage wolves. They would move from lady to lady in the church. They enter into a relationship with you. They will fornicate with you. They will break up with you. And what do they do? They go to the next person. But what do you think would happen to that lady? That you slept with in the church. You've broken the relationship and then you go for another lady in the church. Can she, can she ever come to church again? Savage wolves. What will, what will happen to the conscience of somebody you are in the same church with fornicating with a person. Can she have the liberty to serve the Lord? You are destroying the flock. Savage rules, when they come into church, they know that the guy is married, but they don't mind. Once there's something admirable about him, they don't mind. Inappropriate gestures, inappropriate relations, inappropriate talks with people's husbands. So if she is there alone, she doesn't mind calling you. Can you please visit me? Knowing very well knowing very well that if your wife gets to know, she will not be happy. But for a savage wolf, it's okay. Savage wolves, when they come to church, as they look around, they are seeing dollar signs on your foreheads. 
So they don't mind swindling you of some money. And then they'll move to another person. Dupe the person and move to another person. What do you think will happen? So I'll come to you and tell you about this great business idea, business field. So that's not what you're talking about. But in my mind, it's a lie. I tell you about this bogus business idea, and then because you are prominent in the church, you would also go and speak to others. They will trust your words. You will bring me the money. The money doesn't come. What is going to happen between the, the guy who brought the money and the other people he want to speak to in the church? It will break the church. So Paul tells the, the leaders, if this church in Ephesus is going to continue, the leaders should be leaders who are on guard against savage wolves. The Bible has a lot to say. Look at 2 Peter chapter 2. God's punishment for savage wolves. So verse 14. With eyes, so he's, he's speaking about savage wolves here. With eyes full of adultery, they never stop sinning. They seduce the unstable. They are experts in greed. And a cursed brood. Look at what it says in verse 17. These people are springs without water and mist driven by storm. Blackest darkness is reserved for them. For their mouth, for their mouth empty boastful words, and by appealing to the lustful desires of the flesh, they entice people who are just escaping from those who live in error. So people who are just escaping. Somebody who has just come to faith and then you are asked to have oversight as a salvage wolf. You begin to exploit this person. So there are a lot of people in church who have been disillusioned. Why? Because salvage wolves as they were coming up in the faith, they were exploited. And so, we see such fierce words scripture has for them. The blackest of darkness has been specially reserved. Like you go to certain meetings and there's a paper on it reserved. Don't sit. Find another place. The Bible says God also has reserved the blackest of darkness for salvage wolves. Why does God say such hard things to salvage wolves? Let's go back to Acts 20. Verse 28. To appreciate why such strong words for salvage wolves. 
look at the B. The B part says, be shepherds of the church of God, which he has bought with his own blood. This is how much it costs God to have his flock. It cost him the life of his son. So do you think that he's going to stand aloof and what savage wolves destroy his flock? Now think about us. How we are thinking about our children. We want the best for them. How we are protective of them. You, you are protecting your children. But you want to destroy the flock of God. Even our business. Some of us, when it comes to money, there are a lot of things we don't mind people doing. But when it comes to our business, when it comes to the money, you don't allow anybody to have control. There's a school we go to to um, speak on Wednesdays. The owner of the school, so they, they pay every day. Every day she's there. She's the one who takes the money. There are other people doing so many things in the school, but when it comes to the critical issue, why? Because if people take away the money, the school will run down. She's protective of her school. But did she die for the school? Now, it costs God the life of his son. Do you think that if it costs him this much, he will stand aloof and what salvage wolves come into his flock and destroy them? He won't. So, do you see that perhaps in your case, your actions have also made you into a savage wolf. Do you see? Have you been a savage wolf yourself? Well, listen to what Paul said, the message of Paul in verse 21. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that, and then there's a summary of all that Paul said. They must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. Turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. Do not continue in your sin, destroying the flock of God. Don't continue sinning and covering it and destroying the flock of God. The message Paul preached is a message for us. Turn to God. Turn to God. And he will forgive you. He will forgive you. Why am I so confident that if we also turn to God, despite the fact that we are savage wolves, 
God will forgive. Do you know how we know? Who is the person telling us this? Who? Paul. You remember in Acts chapter 7, verse 58, during the stoning of Stephen, we're told, meanwhile, so the be, meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man called Saul. Chapter 8, verse 1. And Saul approved of their killing him. This is the same guy. He was the chairman for the murdering committee for Stephen. If there has ever been a savage roof against the church, Paul, he qualifies. In chapter 9, we're told, meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the lost disciples. Same guy, Saul. He did not spare the flock. He came in to destroy them. Killing, in prison. It was his life goal to break the church and destroy the church. I'm very sure, no matter what we have done, that has made us into savage wolves. It has never been our life's ambition to destroy the church of God. If it were, you will not be here this morning. But for such a salvage wolf, the lamp of God appeared to him and forgave him. You remember when Jesus appeared to him? He was on his way as a wolf. He was on his way to seek out the disciples and destroy them. Yet, yet, the Lamb of God appeared to him and saved him. This morning, I don't know what you have done. But I know this. If Jesus' heart was strong enough to forgive and embrace the salvage wolf like Paul, his heart is still strong enough to embrace you. So don't be sitting down and thinking to yourself, Charlie, for me, what I have done. Listen. Don't undermine the power of Jesus' heart. You have seen enough. Don't add to your sin an undermining of the love of Jesus. If later on in the epistles, Paul would describe himself as the chief of sinners. If the chief has been embraced, is it the Ochiame? and the others, that now the heart of Jesus would not be strong enough to forgive us. Where sin abounded, 
grace abounded much more. So this is the invitation, Paul's message. Repent, turn to God in repentance and faith. The heart of Jesus is big enough and strong enough to embrace us. The second thing the leader should be on guard against, Acts 20, the same verse, 29. So it says, I know that after I, I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. 30. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So for the leaders that Paul himself had groomed, he looks at them and says, okay, I have something to tell you. Every one of you, there's potential to become a false teacher. Sometimes you receive messages on our phones that you have won some lottery that somebody somewhere, even email, looking for a way to send money and you are the best person. You know that it's a lie. But for this, it's truth. Every one of us here, there's potential to become a false teacher. Because Paul says that even from among your own number, people who have, so Paul had been with the church for about three years, People who have worked with me for three years, there's that potential. Let's look at their motivation. In order to draw away disciples after them. Paul talks about serving the flock in verse 35. He says, in everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. It is more blessed to give than truth. We must help the weak in the church as shepherds, serving them. But these four teachers, they will be just using them. They are drawing people after them. It's more of like a power dynamics. And he says that even from amongst you. So maybe take a good look around. Take a good look. If our motivation and pursuit is to make a name for ourselves, we need to start fighting amongst ourselves. Everybody having a niche. So people I know that will listen to me. So when pastor is away, I have to be fast and say certain things and do certain things to have a garden around me. And perhaps you also, in the ministry that you are, when maybe the, the church, we have a version of doing this, you also have your own emphasis. So then, you begin to say certain things. Paul said, these things, what is going to lead to is false teaching. You begin to distort the truth. When Paul says that he didn't cease to proclaim the whole counsel of God, you would have your particular emphasis and turn it into 
the whole counsel of God. Distorting the truth. So we have to be on guard. What we need to do, Paul tells us in verse 28, keep watch over yourselves. Keep watch over yourself. Don't for a moment think that you are immune from these things. Paul said earlier when we were describing his ministry, verse 19, I said the Lord with great humility. Don't think that you are beyond this. None of us. So we need to keep watch over, be vigilant about your life. Have an authentic and credible walk with the Lord. Keep your relationship with God strong. In verse 32, look at this. There's a hint of prayer. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. The word, so we see that now Paul is, is turning the attention to something big, the new creation. An inheritance. So he's saying that as leaders, don't labor for earthly recognition, but heavenly inheritance. If you are setting your heart and mind on just what people can say and do and give to you here and now, if it's a means of making your life comfortable now, False teaching is the path that you are on. But if you are laboring for the inheritance to come, you can have this assurance. You will be guarded against becoming a false teacher. Lastly, briefly, so we said the first point, the leaders we need, brothers and sisters, leaders who are on guard. The last point, secondly, the leaders we need, leaders who are on their knees. Look at how this episode ends. Verse 36. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. Paul is saying the conclusion of the whole matter. He had told them that he commends them to God. Now, let's actually do it. This is where it ends. They knelt and prayed. And I think here Paul is giving us a model of the kind of leaders we need. Leaders who know that everything by prayer. Um, on Friday in our missional family, that's what we looked at. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Paul says, everything. Not leaders who begin to think that what the church needs most is people with bigger qualification. So that a professor, okay, yeah, probably they can lead the church. People with bigger pockets. That the wealthier we are, oh yes, then we are okay. No, 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 no. Everything by prayer. Leaders who know that the only way we can move forward is on our knees. 
So think about yourself as a future leader. Is this the trajectory of your life? Are you growing in the awareness that everything by prayer? Everything by prayer. Paul could have gone on to speak, but he knows that in their final analysis, the one to give us the grace, the enablement to care for the flock, it never resides in us. Think even about our home, our children. This one now thinking about if yeah, even if yeah doesn't listen to me. <laughs> so how how then do I imagine that you will listen to me? Who I am? <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> no, 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 no. The church of God only moves forward on her knees. That the kind of leaders, redeemer we need. So, 30 years from today, if it will be the church that you'll be happy that your children are in, then we need leaders who will be on guard and also be on their knees. Shall we pray? Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. We are asking for your mercy. If there's anyone amongst us who has been a savage wolf, your word promises. If you forgive Paul, you can forgive any one of us. So Lord, we pray that you enable us to turn to you in repentance and faith. Lord, we are praying for Redeemer that you raise leaders who would be on guard against people who would destroy the flock and against people who would also distort the truth. And Lord, we pray for a spirit of supplication and prayer to rest upon us because we don't have the ability to do anything for anyone. Lord, you have the power. Keep us on our knees, and there we can be strong and move forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.